We're going to talk about how we're going to do it. And he is driven, and, and he is focused, and he should be. That's what you want him to be. That's what you want his team to be. And execute the plan. Do your job. Play your gap. Run your runs. the fact that we won the SEC championship, and I'm going to just enjoy that for now. California, here we come. There was never a doubt after that that uh, things had changed. We're joined today by a special guest, someone who has dedicated much of his young life to supporting and promoting University of Alabama athletics, especially our storied football program. You could call him a disciple of the Church of the Crimson Tide and a former high school classmate of mine here at Tuscaloosa Central High School. Hunter Johnson joins us in studio. Welcome to Aspect Radio, Hunter. It's great to be here. Glad to have you. Um, so, Hunter, as what you could safely call a passionate sports fan and enthusiast like yourself, I doubt that you ever thought you'd be appearing as a featured analyst on a movie talk show. Yes. Actually, I mean, I, I dreamed of it, but I never thought it would ever happen. Well, it just so happens that our beloved Crimson Tide, and more importantly, this week, its fearless leader and head coach, Nick Saban, have been something of a multimedia juggernaut as of late as the subjects of ESPN's all-access coverage, but also yesterday's regional releases was being labeled as a quote-unquote authorized biography, and that's called Nick Saban, colon, Game Changer. Is there a colon there? I wasn't sure. I've been writing it with a colon, but I've seen it with and without. I put I put a colon. Okay. It's okay. the trend in summer movies. It's probably spelled like several different ways in the movie itself. I like the polling kind of helps out. It's like, you know, it's credibility that it, Yeah. You know, true that. It's like the Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. We're just trying to give you an analogy, man. I came over here to talk about Alabama. Okay. Well, you've been around the program. You've been around the program all your life. And as we've established so far, you're a diehard fan. And it won't take any more convincing by any media or any other entity for you to buy into the Crimson Tide and what they're all about. And I doubt outside of games that have yet to be played on the field, there's probably little that you don't know about the process of what goes on behind the scenes of an elite institution like Alabama's, which is what these documentaries are looking to provide lately, particularly closer looks at Nick Saban as the coach and the man. So I ask you first, and I'm going to use that icky P word that's out there right now, is Game Changer nothing more than prideful and shameless propaganda meant to strengthen and further the University of Alabama agenda or with fans of Florida, Southern Cal, Notre Dame, and Ohio State, and just football fans in general, get as much out of this football documentary 
about what it takes to be a champion, as we most certainly do. But it's definitely propaganda. Definitely. But I feel like it's propaganda that other people can enjoy as well. It's meant as propaganda for recruits to see. Uh, and then that's the same as I said, oh, I did this you know, for the fans to get a look. That, that's crap. That, you know, I love the guy, but he, he's telling a story with that. How dare you? I know. I know.
that's what this movie is. I mean, being hit over the head over and over again by the same old highlights that we love. And the same sayings and the same yeah. talking with, with his hands a lot. Yeah. And rousing music behind Oh my gosh. The fans you can yeah, really enjoy. In terms of the production values, I thought it looked great most of the time. Uh, well, something that I think is great for low-budget filmmaking, documentary, or narrative is that people have access to this high-def digital video that looks eerily like film, like very clean film. And if you're able to shoot a documentary like this, something like Alabama football, which I think is as photogenic as it gets at practice or in games or even at coaches' meetings, um, I love this access. And if you have the tools like they do, obviously, to offer up this presentation, it's wonderful for me because, look, I'm, a, I'm an Alabama fan. Look, we're sacrificing much of our credibility today uh, as film critics based on our bias towards the Alabama football program. There's no way that I can evaluate this movie. Yeah, that's not what we're here to do today. <laughs> um, but this kind of access to a football program is something that I've been really sort of uh, pining for for several years. I think that HBO's Hard Knocks show might have influenced this new wave of what we're seeing on ESPN and with this movie, too. And what it's doing for those National Football League programs, I think college head football coaches like Nick Saban might be taking note and thinking to himself, well, if they're going to basically show their coaches doing what they do and their players enjoying what those coaches are doing, like especially this season with the New York Jets and how much fun it seems the players are having playing for Rex Ryan, then maybe if we can use that with this film and the ESPN all-access coverage and people can see what we do here, then there's no way we're not going to attract elite recruits. And absolutely, that's all. That's other than, yes, beating fans over the head with Terrence Cody blocking field goals and you know raising the crystal ball up in the air. There were people in the theater that were just loving it last night, and no one was bored, obviously. My dad went with me to the 10 o'clock Friday night show last night. I can't remember the last time my dad went to, number one, a Friday night movie, and number two, a non-matinee, you know what I mean? And he was there ready to go. I went to a, a special screening on, on Thursday night, and it was me, my mom, and my dad, and that had been at least 15 years since, I, since that's happened before. Like me and my mom and my dad in the theater. Um, and I, I, I wanted to have, from a critical aspect, and I'm, I'm about to be negative again, I said, I'll, I'll coach. Um, but I think the people that I've talked to, and I kind of felt this way too, they wanted to be a little bit more like hard knocks. A little bit more, uh, you kind of touched on it earlier, uh, look, to learn some new things. Uh, whereas it did end up just being a highlight reel. Whereas you know what I want? One of the best things about the ESPN All Access was the coaches' meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel like you're getting a real inside look to what they're talking about. Um, and there wasn't a lot of that, as much as I wanted to see. You got a lot of, you know, hearing some of the people talk, like Jimmy, St- Jimmy Sexton, I thought was really, really good. He was excellent. He gave a, you know, especially when he was talking about the search. Um, that was, I learned some things I didn't know at that point. Um, I thought Phil Savage was good. They interviewed some good people. But I feel like it turned into a little bit too much of the, the people talking rather than let's actually see what's going on. So you want a more show than tell? Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, because I, I know all the tell. Mm-hmm. I want to see some new stuff. I want to see some coaches' meetings and that kind of thing. I want to see saving it over with, 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 
funny. I follow him on Twitter now. He's probably had like eight tweets, yeah. I guess, but they've all been pretty funny. Yeah. And you saw on the Training Days documentary, there was another little segment with him at Fanbear Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. It was Fan Day. Day. Yeah. And uh, he was going around like he was like a running reporter. And it was funny stuff for sure. Uh, I, see, I see a future for him, maybe not on the football field, but elsewhere. Um, but just these ideas, like you said, of going play to play. These motivational, um, attitudinal aspects to what Nick Saban is trying to preach here absolutely could could be interpreted as something that could be applied to your job if you're a teacher or if you're a journalist or whatever. I mean, it's again, it's a universal concept. But um, let's talk about Corey and Hunter. Some of our favorite parts of the movie. Let's let's get into the movie itself. We've already talked about what we saw after the closing credits, and just to sort of provide a description of what that was, we see Nick Saban and Terry, his wife, at their Tuscaloosa home, or are they Lake Burton? Is that in Georgia? Yeah. Okay, and they're just going to his lake house, his boat house, and we see them get out on the lake, and he's listening to the Eagles, which is what we've heard. It might be like Joe Cocker, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Walsh, maybe, maybe some Eagles, I don't know. He cranks it up on his boat, and we just kind of see him live in the tree. He's got that little smirk on his face. Like, I mean, he doesn't he have that face very often, but it's like where you can tell, like, he's, he, he knows that you're, yeah, it, it's a really, it's a funny face. It's, it's a real guy. guy. Yeah, and we hear his daughter say, yeah, he gets out on the lake, and he cranks the Eagles up, and sings along, and he does a little air guitar, and when she said that, I was like, there's no way he does that. Yeah. I was like 
Seven, seven o'clock showing, I think. 
obviously there's a depiction of uh, Bear Bryant in that and Bryant any Stadium, I guess. Um, and then also one that I noticed when I was a child, this was actually on television during an episode of the show Coach with Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> there's a point where all you see is the sideline and maybe some stock footage of uh, you know, a football game, but he jumps for joy when his team pulls off some kind of trick play and he screams, we beat Alabama, we beat Alabama, and they're just really excited about that. But I remember being excited to hear our team in a show, even though we lost, that kind of disappointed me. Uh, but just kind of starting things off, I'm going to go ahead and throw Game Changer on my list. I'll just say it's my top, one of my top five personal favorite football movies, obviously, because I've always, again, longed for the day that we see something that is completely dedicated to Alabama football um, as a feature-length film. So we got that. Let me get that out of the way. Um, but when we're talking about the ones we all know about, The Longest Yard, Starts mine off, and I'm not talking about the Adam Sandler version. I'm talking about the Burt Reynolds uh, version from 1974. The regular version. The real version directed by Robert Aldrich, who did The Dirty Dozen, actually, too. This is a guy who knows how to entertain audiences. Um, but I really I really do think that this is a great mixture of comedy and drama. I thought that Burt Reynolds, somebody who played football at Florida State, I believe, um, he did a great job. He, he convinced me as a quarterback uh, amongst these dangerous criminals organizing this game. It's just a really fun idea, and I think that um, there are some pretty dramatic moments that beef the story up and make it entertaining from beginning to end, and I think that the game itself is a really fun little showdown. But uh, the remake did, it wasn't awful, it wasn't as bad as some of Adam Sandler's recent stuff, but yeah, that, that, that's about it. Though. Um, but I, I really am glad to see that this gets airtime on cable still these days sound like AMC or something, but that's my first one. Um, I, I just want to preface mine by saying that if I could, I would gladly trade all of these movies in for uh, the television show Friday Night Lights, which I think is the best depiction of football in televised media that there is. Never seen it. No, did you hear it? Yeah. I got the first season on DVD. You're welcome to yeah, Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to it. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I guess my number five uh, is sort of the pretentious movie guy pick, uh, the Marx Brothers film, Horse Feathers, uh, which features the Marx Brothers taking over a university and recruiting professional football players to crush their rivals on the, on the gridiron. It's a great movie. It's really fun. I've never seen that. It. It's fun. Are you familiar with the Marx Brothers? Yeah. Groucho yeah. Marx. This is from, what, like the 30s? Yeah, the 30s. Yeah. Uh, the, the Marx Brothers, that comedy, foursome, threesome. Trio, I guess, and then some win. I guess Zippo came a little later. Zippo's in, of course, Horse Brothers. Anyway, it's, it's just, you know, a classic comedy uh, from the 1930s from this uh, wonderful uh, group of comedians. And that is one of their stronger efforts, I think. No, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, uh, Joe, you want to drop anything on us? Um, well, I, sorry, I didn't know we were talking about this. I didn't come up with it in the top five. I did want to hit on something. You mentioned the movie The Bear, and you mentioned that I was shaking my head. Um, yeah. I feel like that movie could have been so good. And I still think if somebody would go back and remake that and put some money into it and not put Gary Busey in it, it could be a, and I love Gary Busey, but who knows, he wasn't, he wasn't meant to play Coach Bryant, you know, that's for sure. Okay, well, let's have a little fun here, okay? If they do make this movie, and I think, I don't think the great Bear Bryant movie has been made yet, even though I haven't seen the Bear, I've heard plenty about it. Uh, but if they were to make this, who do you cast as Bear Bryant? It has to be somewhat, you know, I don't know, I think it's Coach Bryant, I think it's like an old man smoking Chesterfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I guess it would have to be somebody that would 
see, I gotta see this guy with a blind side. This is happening. There's even more stuff on him in the book where it talks about, like, you know, him coming, like, in, you know, I think they talk about Phil Fulmer and then they talk about Kurt Saban, you know, where they say, like, Phil Fulmer, you know, looks like he, you know, works at a filling station, whereas they say he comes in wearing Armani suits. Wow. Um, you really, please read that book. It's at Michael Lewis. It's, it's, right. it's on my right of a reverent film 
Thank you. 
Jimmy, do you have anything else other than the program? Um, oh, any given Sunday. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh, oh so much potential. I know. Gosh, it definitely does. I had some, and now I, I, they completely uh, left me. They are Marshall is terrible. Yeah. I don't call it terrible. It's I mean, terrible. what's it trying to do, really? I mean, it's just trying to tell a heartwarming story. And it, 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 it I think it does it terribly. I don't know. I thought McConaughey was decent. Matthew Fox was good. It was so annoying, though. Everybody, I mean, it, it doesn't work for me. I remember there's a line all dialed up to 11. Yeah, it is. And McGee directed it. Maybe that's what it is. You hate McGee so much. I don't. I think the first 10 minutes of Terminator Salvation are really good. Oh, well, he's always saying that. And the director, Charlie's Angels, both, both of them. Um, I remember there's a line in that movie that really kind of confused me, though, where he says, you know, we're going to get past all of this all of this tragedy, and at some point, winning is going to become everything. And I remember thinking, that's not a good message. I thought the message was winning isn't everything, but I guess it, it's necessary to, dis- to distract them from that tragedy. Um, but other, I mean, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if this is a spoiler because it's in the historical record. Maybe you shouldn't do your sound effect. Yeah, I'll get to it. Uh, provide a little context. All right. Uh, it's the end of the movie. It's the end of We Are Marshall, and they've, they've got... Uh, They've just um, done the big game. There it is. Uh, So they win the big game at the end of the movie. And then a concluding voiceover message says something like, and though we didn't win any other games that year at at all, we we still came together as a community. I don't know. It's some sort of schmaltzy thing. It's like everything's riding on this big game, the first game of the season, and they don't win any other games. Yeah. All year. It's pretty sad. Um, (laughs) Something I should note, I'm getting texts from my dad right now. He's listening to the show, and he wanted me to emphasize, and this is kind of a, uh, a local tie to that. There were several former Druid High School players who were actually on that plane uh, when it went down. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's uh, what was Central West, uh, Central High School West here in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Uh, and he also wanted me to say that former Alabama player Ray Ogden had a role in the first longest yard. Are you familiar with that player? I've heard the name before, but yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So that's interesting. Thanks, Dad. So <laughs> it's always good. Yeah, that is really interesting. I had no idea. Definitely. Uh, I think I remember when that movie was coming out, I might have seen an article about that or relating to it. Maybe it was just it was. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there definitely was. Yeah. I don't hate that movie as much. I think it's fine. I think it's perfectly fine. I, you know, there's a college football movie that I haven't seen. It's called The Express. Have you seen that? Um, that's the one I've seen. Yeah, 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 I've seen that. Is it good? It, yeah, it's pretty good. Dennis Quaid? Yeah. It's not bad. Rob Brown uh, plays her in Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I put that there with like Invincible, Mark Wahlberg, Greg Kinnear movie. Yeah, as, as just being you know pretty good. Not that recent sports movie. I mean, it's a sports movie. You know, it, it, it's all the right notes. I'm just trying to think of more bad football movies. I don't think this one's bad, but I wanted to hear your opinion on it. Remember the Titans? I was on TV the other night, and I remember in high school being shown that every other day in Central High School, and being. So sick of it and thinking it was the corniest piece of Disney fluff ever. But then, I guess, being brainwashed after seeing it literally hundreds of times there and thinking it's not, it's, it's fun, it's entertaining, and it was on the other night and I was enjoying it. And it's just a very good mainstream uh, 
crowd-pleasing football movie, so I'm fine with it. And what I like about it, Hunter, you're going to appreciate this. The uniforms they wear are basically like a mashup of Alabama and Central, our senior year. Yeah. And I thought that, that was really cool. They have the numbers on the top of the pads. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's one reason that I liked it. I like it. Um, and yeah, see, Ben Blanagan is not, he's not exaggerating at all. If a teacher was ever out to be a substitute, I got to be watching River of the Titans or Selena. <laughs> Giant 
Shulub was it? I was the LC Raider special. Yeah, that was Kynes Raider all the way. Kynes had nothing to do with the offense. Um, but I just have stuff that inside track. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but uh, with Varsity Blues, there's a sequence after they've gone out partying at a strip club and they come back and play hungover. Uh, and it's this really awesome montage set to ACDC's Thunderstruck. And it's a really cool sequence. It, it stands out from the movie uh, for sure. So I can recommend that aspect of it. Not a big fan of radio. Uh, uh, I'm not afraid to say. Thanks, dude. Did you, you see any movies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my problem is. Like the five football movies I've seen. Yeah. Uh, well, you've seen some good ones. Uh, Wildcats with Goldie Hawn is actually pretty entertaining. I have seen that. Wesley Snipes <laughs> and Woody Harrelson. That's pretty funny. You know, it's just an R-rated high school comedy about Goldie Hawn coaching a varsity football team. I think they're Central High School, too, is their name. So, uh, it's the movie with, uh, I can't think of who it has in it now. Um, it's like, the team is like Texas State. It's got the guy from Quantum Leap. Oh, it's Necessary Roughness is what it is, and it has Sinbad, too. As yeah, like I, think it's too. I think so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that nostalgically, and I haven't seen it in years, and I'm probably not going to, just so I can keep calling it awesome. Uh, I'm a fan of Little Giants from 1995. Oh, yeah. Great Brian and John Madden. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you one I, I wasn't crazy about was Leatherheads from George Clooney. I really like Leatherheads. Didn't care for it. I never saw it. Yeah, I, I really like it. Pretty mediocre, I think. I think it's fun. Well, Junction Boys. Hunter, remember when that came on the ESPN film? I definitely do. I remember it was our senior high school um, and we weren't as excited about that as we were game changers, <laughs> I don't think, because the Alabama football program wasn't quite as strong as it is now. I just thought it was really negative. I mean, it, it made, I mean, Judge Ryan was, was no, you know, I know Junction was very, very tough. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to people, it, what they would have, they'll say they made him look like a callous son of a gun, mm-hmm. and that's not how he was. Right. Right. And that, of course, is the story of Coach Bryant taking the Texas a team to, I guess, Junction, Texas, and where they practiced on in, in horrible conditions with, you know, minus much water and just in the hot sun. It's interesting. It's, it's not, you know, Tom Berenger isn't necessarily your ideal Bear Bryant, you know, but he, he at least gives it some effort. And uh, one that our friend Matt Scalici recommends uh, on his blog, filmnerds.com, is All the Right Moves. That was part of his 1983 series that he did. He said it was pretty good. Uh, that's more about, like, say, the, the aspirations of a high school football player starring Tom Cruise um, as a cornerback, I think. Um, he, 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 he's not playing any other positions. Exactly. He's about as tall as uh, some DBs. Uh, anyway. Oh, wow. What a reference. <laughs> Number 13. The Protestant Hospital, maybe. Yeah, the savior of that East Carolina game at Legion Field. Um, so, anyway, let's take a much-needed break now. And uh, we'll come back with uh, a few DVD picks. Stick around. This is Aspect Radio, the movie talk show. Be right back. Back here on Aspect Radio, the movie talk show. I'm Ben Flanagan with Corey Kraft, and it's time for some quick DVD picks. Corey, after last week's desolate landscape, we weren't even able to do it. And uh, we do apologize uh, to our listeners because we had some technical difficulties uh, in terms of our recording, and we weren't able to podcast last week. So, but we, we will be back up and running. We think we've solved the problem. But outside of that, DVD-wise, what's new and worth our time? 
time this week. Well, it's not much better this week. Though, uh, television fans will note that the final season of Lost was finally released on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, I think you and I both found it somewhat polarizing to say nothing of our friend Gascalici, um, who was not a fan at all, and nor was our better friend Phil Owen. Um, though this isn't really the purpose of our show, uh, it's worth mentioning because it is something that did capture our mutual attention, I would say. Uh, and those who have you know, been watching the show and who have been watching it on DVD do well to see how it concludes, even though I'm not the biggest fan of that conclusion. Also, George Romero's new film, Survival of the Dead, the latest in of his zombie movies. Uh, again, you know, it's a latter-day Romero film, so you're only going to get so much that it's fun, you know, for those who are fans of the franchise. It's Romero doing zombies. Yes, yeah. there's at least that value, yeah, so you know what you're getting. Uh, and also, my favorite of these releases uh, is an Australian film noir called The Square, which is a really crafty, ingenious little thriller that uh, ends a lot of fun. And it goes places, uh, and it's like two steps ahead of you in a, in a method that uh, reminds me a lot of Blood Simple, the Coen Brothers debut. Cool. And it's on Redbox, so I might check it out soon. You should. Tess and I have a stack of six DVDs that we've gotten from the public library to watch this week, including Billy Wilder's Sunset Boulevard, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo, and Tender Mercies, or that movie Crazy Heart was actually trying to be. I like Crazy Heart, but I've never seen Tender Mercies. Highly recommend it. I'm actually rewatching it this time around. It's from 1993. Of course, it's what Robert Duvall won his Best Actor Oscar for, and uh, written by Horton Foote, one of Duvall's... Um, Friends, I guess the guy who was responsible for casting him and to kill a mockingbird. I think that sounds right. But anyway, it, it's very, very, very good. I, I really recommend it. If you like Crazy Heart, you're going to love Tender Mercies. And Robert Duvall was involved with Crazy Heart's production, so I mean, it's not like he plays a small role. Yeah, and didn't he produce it? I think so. Yeah, so it's not like he has it out for Crazy Heart. Right. Uh, but anyway, opening nationwide and in Tuscaloosa at the Cobb Hollywood 16 this week. Nick Saban, Game Changer, which we reviewed today with our guest Hunter Johnson. Takers, starring Matt Dillon, though you'd never know it, based on the marketing. Paul Walker, T.I., Hayden Christensen, and Idris Elba, The Wire and the Office fame. That's right. And Obsessed. Uh, the Last Exorcism with Patrick Fabian and Ashley Bell. I'm hearing decent things about this. I guess I see this today. I guess a mockumentary or yeah. again. Produced by Eli Roth of the Hostel Films. I'm there now. <laughs> I like those movies. Well, email any of your feedback to 90.7movies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Aspect Radio or twitter.com slash Aspect Radio. And, of course, download this and other episodes of the show on our blog at aspectradio.tumblr.com. We'll also post the podcast on Twitter and Facebook. But like Ben said, we apologize. Last week's show uh, is not up. And that was our best of 2010 so far, so maybe on next week's show, if we're on the air, I mean, it's next week is the kickoff to the Alabama football season, so we may get preempted. We'll keep you posted online about that, but uh, we might recap what we picked for the year so far. And now that we've seen Game Changer, we can really adjust those lists. Um, don't forget to visit our friend Matt Scalici's website, filmnerds.com, where right now you're going to find a really fun blog feature called The Great Scenes, where contributors offer up their all-time favorite individual scenes in film. My brother Graham, he, he's posted a pair featuring Charlie Chaplin's lesser-known comedy, The Circus, and Steven Spielberg's underrated World War II epic, Empire of the Sun, two phenomenal scenes. You should check them out. Plus, Ben Stark, he made a post about James Foley's 1992 adaptation of David Mamet's classic Glengarry Glen Ross featuring a uh, really stellar 
uh, acting scene from Al Pacino specifically. Uh, so surf on over to filmnerds.com and check those out. And Corey, you need to make a uh, post. I still think of one. Yeah, I've got one uh, in the queue ready to go. Um, and it's from a movie that we've mentioned here today. So do look for that. And you can catch, not from Game Changer <laughs> or Aspen Extreme, you can catch my and Corey's columns in Tusk Magazine on an every Friday edition of the Tuscaloosa News. Until next week, I am Ben Flanagan. I'm Corey Kraft. This is Aspect Radio. Thanks so much for listening.